heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Well, folks, we did it. We did it. Episode 100 of YWC Football Talk. Like I said in episode 99, I can't believe that this is reality. This is like when I started off with this, I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know what avenues or roads was going to lead me down, but I went into that in episode 99. The reason why I'm here today and I'm doing this episode now is because this isn't the episode. No. The episode is going to be like 3% me. By that, I mean I've recruited numerous recurring guests and friends to come back on and give them basically what I wanted to do was have them give me love letters, not about loving me, I am not a narcissist, about why they love the game of football. Everyone has a very interesting story. Everyone has a very different story. Everyone has all different kinds of levels and avenues and types of professional sport fandom and why they love this game. The amount of positive feedback and, yeah, I'll do that for you, for people who have very busy schedules was amazing. I had to go chase some people down for that and they completely understood. But you know what? This is the 100th episode of YWC Football Talk. I'm just here quickly to do a quick intro, and then you'll get my story at the very end. But for now, we're going to kick things off. First up is Keegan Stiefel from patspulpit.com, and then the rest of the order is going to fill itself in accordingly. So sit back, relax, and listen to many different guys and a woman tell you why they love the game of football. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Keegan Stiefel from the Pats Nation podcast and patspulpit.com. And Griff tasked me and his other um, guests to tell everybody why we love football and what made us fall in love with the game. Um, That was kind of a tough question at first, just because being around football every day and following football every day, you don't really think about why you love it. You just know that you do. Um, But... It didn't take long once I started thinking through it to realize that I love football just because it's something that's always been there for me um, and something to always fall back on. Um, I started playing football when I was seven um, for the Salem Youth Football League. Um, played with them clear through till I went to high school, and then at that point in my life, uh, my family made a move to t- Texas from Massachusetts, which is such a undertaking for a uh, a 12 13 year old kid you know to move halfway across the country and um when i got to texas i signed up to play football in high school and it really took me through such a tough point in my life you know as it would be for anybody navigating a new world pretty much um as anybody who knows texas knows it's it's a completely different world down there especially football wise so 
um, navigating that world and having football be something that got me comfortable in that world was uh, perfect. I, I played football all throughout high school, and then when I graduated and my quote-unquote career was over, um, I knew that I needed to find a way to stay within the realm of the football world. Um, so that's what I did when I went to college. I decided I wanted to be a sports journalism major so I could cover the NFL and follow the NFL. Um, and hopefully that's on the path of, of where I'm headed. You know, I'm, I do some stuff for Pat's Pulpit. I have the podcast with Pat Lane and Ryan Spagnoli, who are another group of guys who have been so instrumental in my life that I met through football. They've they've been tremendous helps and friends through the process of you know navigating a new world, like I said earlier. Um, and that's because they share a love for football like me. So um, it's it's such a community thing. Football. I feel like if you love football, there are other people who love it as well, and you can bond over that. And you know, a lot of similar people share the love of the game. Um, and that's that's really what the cool thing is about it to me um, after being in it for a little while. It's the community aspect and the aspect of even if somebody might like the Patriots, another person likes the Chiefs, they both love football. And, and that's, that's a cool thing to me. So um, that's what I love about football. It's just the fact that it's been there for me my entire life. Um, and to touch on why I fell in love with football, you know, you watch football as a little kid. You watch the game. Um and coming from Massachusetts, we'd watch the Patriots, and they were so successful. It's hard not to fall in love with something like that. But just the sport itself, how it could be so maybe barbaric is the wrong word, but a contact sport where you're trying to physically dominate another person in front of you, but also all the layers to it, um, you know, like schemes and, and, and different plays and stuff like that. Um, seeing how a defensive scheme lines up against uh, an offensive playbook and how they can kind of have a chess match against each other is so cool. And that's something I realized at a young age, how cool that was. So that's why I fell in love with it, just the the parallels between, you know, the two things. So, yeah, that, that's why I fell in love with football, and I've, I've continued to love it because it's always been something for me to fall back on and, and kind of ignore all the outside noise and, and focus in on so um it's awesome it's it's so fun to watch it's so fun to be a part of and, and like i mentioned earlier i've met so many friends they're just like griff like people who just like talking football and that's that's so cool to me um so that's that's why i love football just the, the community aspect of it the fact that it's there and and the beauty of the sport itself Episode 100. It's amazing, man. Griff has been really putting in work with this thing. And I'm so proud of how it's grown. Um, I've been on here a few times. Y'all know me. I'm Markeem. Nightmare Baller. Whatever you want to call me. And uh, episode 100 is such a huge milestone. And it's nothing to sneeze at. And it deserves all the props in the world for it. Because even if this thing never grows. Or even if Griff goes on to be fucking huge you know popular podcaster the fact that he was dedicated enough to do 100 episodes is nothing to sneeze at so he deserves all the props in the world for that but um as i said y'all know me uh y'all know my teams are the eagles and the Hokies, unfortunately for me and uh the game of football is big for me because it was one of the things that kept me out of trouble growing up 
Um, growing up, I grew up in a pretty bad part of town. Uh, a lot of violence, a lot of gangs, shit like that. And if it wasn't for sports and nerd shit, yeah, I mean, I would have been, uh, who knows where I would have been. Yeah, I mean, so I played when I was younger. I got deep into the game, uh, started analyzing the game in a level, in a way that a lot of my friends did not. You know what I mean? And truth be told, it's one of the things that kind of saved my life. Like football, as weird as that sound, kind of saved my life. That, like I said, other sports, nerd shit. So it's always going to be a big part of my life. And <clears throat> as I said, once again, props to you, Griff. Hey, everyone. It's Big Red 310 here. I uh, just wanted to come give my thoughts on a topic that Griff wanted me to talk about for the 100th episode of YWC Football Talk this week. I'm really excited to talk about uh, my relationship with football and why I love coming on this podcast so much. So for me, it's a few things as to how I became a big fan. Um, my first memory in life is actually about football. My first memory in life was at a Dolphins game when I was like three years old. I was crying. <laughs> we were playing the St. Louis Rams. I don't remember if it was preseason or regular season. And my father was just holding me up in the air as I was shedding tears because I was just really uncomfortable being at a football game. But that moment is literally my first memory of existence was that moment when I was very, very young. And ever since then, I've been going to Dolphin games pretty religiously. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to every game at first, but as I got older, I slowly and slowly progressed towards that. From year 2000 onwards, I pretty much attended every game. Yeah, lucky me as a, as a Dolphin fan coming in right, right after Dan Marino retires. That's when my lovely parents and my lovely family decide to take me to Dolphin games all the time. Right after the Shula era, right after the Marino era, in comes Big Rat 310 in order to watch this team on a yearly basis. Almost pretty much every game every week. Uh, but I go every year and I just grew to love it. It became a way for me to get close with my family. And uh, this is not something I've talked about a lot on the YouTube space and on the football space, but I don't mind sharing it here. Uh, I have a, one of my brothers was born with very severe, very severe autism, a very severe special needs. He's nonverbal. And uh, we always just, he always would have a good time coming to the games with us. We would all get together we would all cheer, jump around with him and cheer up and down whenever they scored. Even to this day, whenever they score a touchdown, we'll grab him, say his name, and do a little chant. It's like, it's, it's, it's really special. It's one of the most special interactions I have with him and with the rest of my family. It's how I kind of first got close to my dad, how I got close to my brothers. It was really an incredible tradition that we did on a weekly basis. And you know, I started at first, I think I just loved the Dolphins. Uh, I would watch the Super Bowl every year, just like everyone else. But really, the Dolphins on a week to week basis were, were the main focus of my attention. And <clears throat> really, when, when you're really young, it's more so about do they win or lose. It was less so about, you know, the whole process of the game. It was more so, OK, I'll be happy if they win. I'll be sad if they lose. There was a game. 2005, the Dolphins played the Bills. This was sometime in December. And the Dolphins were down, I want to say, 23-3 to um, in the game. 23-3, to I believe. And they had to make a ginormous, ginormous comeback in the fourth quarter with Sage Rosenfeld as quarterback uh, in order to come back and end up winning the game. 
after being down by so much at one point. It, it seemed impossible. And I'm looking up, yeah, it was 23-3. And they ended up winning 24-3 to when they scored at the very end. It was a really, really sensational moment for the home crowd. And uh, it, was, it was incredible to watch. And I think that from that game onward is when I started to pay a little bit more attention. Okay, we're not just going to watch to see what happens, whether or not they win or lose the game. We're actually going to pay attention to the game as a whole and start to care about what happens in the first quarter, what happens in the second quarter, what happens in the third quarter. And I'll never forget that same day that they beat the Bills, um, the Colts at that time, the 2005 Colts, one of, one of the best teams Peyton Manning ever played for, they were undefeated at that point. And there was a lot of smoke that they were going to go 17-0, and 16-0. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of smoke that they were going to go 16-0 and that year and break the 72 Dolphins streak. And that same day that the Dolphins beat the Bills in that comeback in 2005, uh, the Colts lost to the Chargers, and they ended up not going undefeated. And so it was kind of a double whammy for Dolphins fans. They kept their playoff hopes alive. They beat one of their division rivals in a big comeback, and the Colts did not get a chance to break the 72 streak. So all in all, it was a great day. And I think that day is really what made me into more of a hardcore Finns fan, where I really paid attention to what was happening every single week. You know, in 2008, when they won the division for the first time in my life, that was a lot of fun. That was really entertaining. It made me so happy to watch. Well, the first time, first time in my life when I was a fan, I mean, not, not my, literally my entire life. And it was so much fun to watch that season, to watch Chad Pennington, and then 2009 and 2010 were some rough years with Chad Henney at quarterback because the team wasn't just bad. They were bad and they were boring in the Chad Henney years in particular. I've been through bad Dolphin teams before, but those teams were really tough to watch. And uh, Chad Henney in 2010, anyone listening want like a random Dolphins fact? The 2010 Dolphins went, they went 1-7 at home and 6-2 and on the road. It is an incredible stat. They were horrible at home. So you're watching this team, you're trying to root for your team, and you know, they're, they're a classic mediocre Dolphins team that goes 7-9 and nine every year. No big deal, right? Except all their home games they lost, which is antithetical to like other Dolphin teams in my lifetime. Like the gay Sarah Dolphins are a good example of this. They were usually pretty good at home and just terrible on the road, like most teams are, like most mediocre teams in particular. The 2010 Dolphins were 1-7 at home and 6-2 and on the road. It was crazy. And Chad Henney... There were two games against the Lions and against the Browns where Chad Henney like threw a pick six in the fourth quarter that basically iced the game in both games. And it was just kind of the beginning of the end in those scenarios. So, yeah, that was not that was definitely not a pleasant. Yeah. So the those Chad Henney games were so bad. And then, yeah, I became a fan during the Joe Philbin years. They were on hard knocks. I was a big fan of them when I was at school at Brown, and I was watching them religiously every week. There was actually a Dolphins bar in New England that I would go to about half, half, the, half the games, I would say. I would go, and there would be other Dolphin fans there. Even though it was in Boston, it was a bar dedicated to Dolphins fans, which made it obviously a really fun time whenever the Dolphins were there and performing well. So that was all in good fun. And then from there, yeah, the Gase years happened. I was a big fan of Gase at first. And then his second year, when we went 6-10, and 10, it was kind of hard to tell how much was him and how much was not him because I really hated Jay Cutler. And so I kind of blamed Jay Cutler for a lot of that season going bad. And then the next year, Tannehill was in and out of the lineup. When Tannehill was healthy, everything looked fine. But then Tannehill got hurt, and then he missed five games. And then when he came back, he just wasn't the same. He just wasn't the same. And then we kind of had to just move on from there. 
And then the B-Flow era came, and that's been really fun so far. But yeah, this I love the Dolphins. I love my family, and the Dolphins kind of help me bond with my family. And I think that's what makes sports valuable. What makes sports valuable is that it gives us that vehicle for shared experience. It gives us that vehicle for shared passion, for shared love. And sure... I've seen a lot of cynics when they criticize entertainment and sports can always say, well, anything can do that. If it's not football, it could be basketball, it could be bowling, it could be golf. It's like, that's true, but something has to be the thing. Something has to be the thing that you latch onto. And because football is the most popular sport in this country, more families latch onto football than they do those other sports, those other recreational activities. And so I'll always hold football very near and dear to my heart for helping have this very strong relationship with my family, these very strong bonds that we have that kind of first started as us kind of getting to know each other through football, which sounds weird. They're family. You're supposed to know and love your family always. But it's like when you're growing up in this world and you're very young, you know, you still don't really, really know people, you know, you have to kind of age through it throughout time. And so Dolphins did that for me. And that's why they'll always be my favorite team. And that's why they'll always be the team that I'm super passionate about. And I am a whole NFL fan, you know. I'm I'm super interested in the analysis of every team. I watch every primetime game. I watch the Super Bowl every year. I watch every playoff game pretty religiously. It's become its own phenom. Like, the whole sport is just so much fun. Like, the physicality, the strategy, the athleticism, the the variation. I think that's what makes football so appealing to people. It's like... When your team is playing offense and your team is playing defense, defense, it looks so different visually. You're looking at different things. You're looking at your linebackers. You're looking at your safeties, where they're lined up. Are the cornerbacks playing press? Are the edges getting to the ta- getting across the tackles? Whereas on offense, you're trying to see, is, is the offensive line holding up? Are the receivers getting open? Can the court, is the quarterback holding on to the ball too long? So all those things kind of make for a really fun and entertaining product. That diversity of interaction, that diversity of experience is kind of why I think that sport is the best. And yeah, I love it dearly. It kept me to my family. And I love that Griff had this podcast because it gives us a vehicle to talk about something we all love and we all care about. And I'm forever grateful to the YWC family for that reason. Thank you guys. Have a good one. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Matt That Too, a.k.a. MattBeast1419, and I'm here on Griff's podcast, YWC Football Talk, once again, and Griff pretty much just wanted me to come on and just talk about the sport of football for the 100th episode. By the way, congrats, Griff, on the accomplishment, man. Been keep on going strong, and I love every single time I get you ask me to come on the show. It's always a pleasure, and it's always a very fun time to talk football with you and any of the other fantastic guests you have on. I think very highly of everyone that's been a part of this. Um, but formalities aside and sentimental stuff aside, just talking about football in general, it's a great sport. It's, it's so fun. And as you know, I'm a huge Saints fan, and that's uh, one of the big driving factors of football for me is my fandom of the Saints. I can't even lie. But I also really love the sport in of itself. But watching a regular game versus watching your team, it's just different. And you get the very, very high peaks, the peaks of the mountain. When your team wins a Super Bowl, wins a playoff game, has a huge moment from the very low valleys of your team getting an NFC or a Super Bowl berth just stripped from them from a no call. Um, I'm not going to go much into that, but I mean, it's just a crazy roller coaster ride, and I don't like roller coasters most of the time, but this is the one that I do like. 
Um, I could go on about this forever, but just watching football in general, from watching college football with my Razorbacks, even though they've had a tough time of it as of the past quite a few years now, trying to rebuild that program, watching the Saints, watching my guy Drew Brees and some of my other favorite players like Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, watching some of these guys over the past couple of years and many other players, of course. It's just such a treat, and you get these bonds with these guys that don't even know who you are, really. And you get attached to these guys and following their careers and wanting them to do good and rooting for them. It's just a whole other experience. And, I mean, it's just crazy. And not even mentioning going into the fantasy football analytic side of it, being like a nerd with that stuff like I am, being huge in a dynasty, being huge in just regular fantasy football. I've been playing that with friends for a while. It's so much fun. Getting into the sports memorabilia side of it with cards and stuff like that. It's just such a fun experience. And going to a live football game, which I'm going to my second ever Saints game, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, It's just another atmosphere there. And it's just so much, so electric to be with so many people who are rooting for the same team. And it's just a great feeling. Um. But aside from that, just sitting down and relaxing on a Sunday or a Saturday and watching some football, it's just a really good way to unwind from the week, and it's always something to look forward to each and every week, and I cannot wait for this season to start. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much my guest spot here on this 100th episode of YWC Football Talk. And once again, thank you, Griff, so much. I appreciate all the work you put into this, and it's like I said, it's always a pleasure coming on here. Thanks. And peace, everybody. This is Alex Lorenzo. As everyone knows, I'm a huge New York Giants fan. Uh, and a big reason for that is every week, uh, my dad and my brother and I will watch the games together. Really, one of the only times we all hang out um, weekly at this point. And uh, we, we get a new fast food restaurant each week. And we uh, we just have a lot of fun eating and watching the game and yelling at the Giants for losing most of the games. But um, I just want to say congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more and 100 more after that. Keep it going, kid. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Tommy. I'm very glad to be back on for my third appearance and kind of take you through, you know, my experiences and my life uh, in regards to football. So as pretty much any and every Chicago or at least Bears fan in Chicago um, has, been, has been brought up in my generation and those near mine. Uh, I was raised on 85. Quite frankly, there was not really much else to be raised on. Um, not a whole lot of positive in there. It was always, yeah, you know, what you see on TV isn't good. The team's not good, but let me tell you about 85. And that's, in a weird way, it's a part of why I love football. Um, you know, there's this whole thing about it's bad, it's bad, the team's bad, the front office is bad, all that. But something about it just keeps bringing you right back in. And I learned that from a young age. Um, you know, whether it was watching my neighbors play football or watching, obviously, the Bears on TV or whatever game happened to be on, there was just something about it that no matter how a single game went or even how a season went, whatever it was, it always kept bringing me back. And to this day, I still really can't identify what that, I guess, magical serum is. 
but whatever they're putting in that football, it's definitely working. Um, so past the whole lady five thing, you know, I've, I've seen some bad football in my time, but, uh, growing up, I had a neighbor that played football and he was really, really into it. Um, and from a young age, he was good. Uh, and especially in high school, you know, he was the middle linebacker for the high school team and saw him rise through the ranks. And it was really fun to see, you know, the differences at different levels. And once he started getting up there and you would hear his name, you know, being announced for making a tackle in a big goal line stand or whatever it may be, uh, you know, that really took my fandom to a whole new level to be able to see someone that basically I grew up with having such success and just really the whole high school football experience, you know, everyone's there for the most part, even people who aren't football fans, they're there to at least hang out. Um, and that was always just something cool to me. It really brought together the entire school every Friday or sometimes Saturday on that rare occasion. But for the most part, every Friday, you know, in eighth period, people are staring at the clock like, oh, you know, I can't wait to go home and eat dinner and get dressed for the the whiteout or the hoedown or whatever the theme was for the football game later on that night. Uh, and then obviously, you know, college football experience is a whole other thing. It's kind of the same exact thing, but to the 10th degree. You know, some people are just there to go to the tailgate. Some people hit the bars first and then come to the football game. Some people are purely there to watch football. Some people are there to support, you know, family members, friends, whatever it may be. And it's, again, it's just that whole thing about everyone coming together. Doesn't matter what your major is. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, above that, below that, whatever. Everyone comes together in one place and, you know, we're cheering and we're booing and all that. And, you know, that's just a huge part of, for me, what I love about football. And just like high school, that kind of took my fandom to the whole next level. Um, and <laughs> I guess the biggest thing as a Bears fan, there's always heartbreak. You know, sometimes it's more often than others, depending on what team you root for. But you always come back and with every single week that goes by, it's an idea of, you know, any given Sunday or Monday or whatever day it is. But for the most part, any given Sunday, um, I had no faith that the Bears would beat the Bucks this year. Obviously, the Bucks were super hurt and they were not at all, you know, fielding a full strength team. And the Bears, to be honest, got very lucky. But just the fact that the Bears were able to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in a primetime game with everyone watching, and then obviously the Bucks go on to win the Super Bowl. There's just something magical about that where, you know, you do see it in other sports, but I've never heard, I guess, a statement with any other sport. Whereas with football, like I said, you know, you hear any given Sunday. And Really, I mean, going back to my parents, I was raised on football. I was raised on 85 and, you know, throughout my entire time living at home. And even now, you know, I'll go home. It's just, hey, 
Sunday morning, you get up early, you make a big breakfast and you, I don't know, throw something in the crock pot. Maybe you're making chili, maybe you're making ribs, whatever it is. It's just football is an event to me, whether it be with family, friends, whatever. It's always been, you know, the game itself is amazing, but the opportunity for interaction and for, you know, great and some bad moments it's just there's something about it that, to me, is unmatched. You know, I love hockey, I love baseball, I love soccer, but there's something about, you know, a chilly Sunday morning in Chicago where, you know, you're getting ready to see the Bears play the Packers or, you know, they're playing the Patriots, whoever it is. It's like, okay, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen, obviously, but let's go out and win a football game. Uh, And, you know, it's fun to convince myself every year that uh, the Bears are back and this is the year we're going back to 85. And I'm sure my parents and friends are sick and tired of me saying that the Bears are back, you know, when the quarterback completes a three-yard pass or whatever. But Again, you know, that's part of the fun. You psych yourself up, say, hey, this is the year, this is the day, we're winning today, whatever it is. And, you know, just as much as I have said in the past, uh, you know, this sport sucks because the Bears are so bad at it, so I watch a terrible brand of football for most years of my life. Hey, we got Justin Fields now, you know, we're on the up, probably, I'll knock on wood for that one. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I'll say I'm sure many more times in my life that this team's terrible. This sport is terrible. I hate football, but I'm always going to be there watching Sunday morning, you know, Sunday afternoon or whatever day the game is. And of course, like I said, to kind of wrap up here, certainly doesn't hurt that the Bears are back. Hey, Andy McNamara here from Sportsnet and UFF Sports, and I want to congratulate my guy Griff on 100 episodes. Well done, my friend. Always happy to come on and chat fantasy football and NFL with you. And I got to say, the fantasy side of the game, just coupled with the growth and popularity of real-life NFL, is just phenomenal. I'm a diehard Cleveland Browns fan, as any of you have known listening to the show And it is just something different when it comes to the National Football League. Maybe it's the tailgates. Maybe the experience being there live. Maybe just the camaraderie with friends, family, being a third-generation Browns fan myself. But all of it is just so different to me than with any other sport. It could be as well, hey, there's a lot fewer games. And everything is that much more important. Every game matters. Not like baseball where if you lose five in a row, well, You know, you got 100 extra games to do it. Every game matters in the NFL. And on the fantasy side, just being able to go over and look at every single position group and say, hey, you know what? You're able to rank it. You're able to learn more about these players, these stories, the teams, and really get you more in-depth with the whole league, which is a whole lot of fun. And with my new project, the Ultimate Fantasy American Football League, UFAFL, that's where we're doing a full 53-man roster. So you want to talk about complete, along with offensive linemen, 
you guys got to make sure you're checking that out as well at UFAFL underscore UFFS on Twitter and on Instagram and UFFSports.com overall. Just a, a lot great platform. Hall of Famers like Chris Carter, Michael Vick, Damon Allen, Nick Lewis, Eric Metcalf all associated with it. Uh, Tristan Jackson, Justice Hale, a whole lot more coming down the pipeline. But the fantasy conversations, I just absolutely love to have all the time, either with, with Griff on my own shows or wherever. So, my man, keep up the great work. Go Browns and have a great NFL season, everybody. YWC football talk. How the heck are you? A hundred episodes. Wow, that is really impressive. What a milestone to hit. Congratulations. Um, and the question that I, Matt Lorenzo, was asked, along with I'm sure a bunch of other people were asked, why do you love football? And that's an easy question to answer and a, a tough question to answer because the easy answer is just because it's football. It's awesome. It's fun to watch. Um, I'm trying to think of specific reasons. The first that comes to mind is that up until this year, you only got 16 games. Now you get 17. So it was like each regular season game is like a monumental event for football fans because you only get one a week. No other sport, you only get one game a week. Um, So each game is super important. So basically it's like weekly Super Bowls because you could lose one game in the beginning of the season and that could end up, you could end up missing the playoffs by a game. So it's really, really important each game and it's treated like it's an experience of its own. You know, in our household, we'll get together each Sunday or whatever day the Giants are playing and we'll get a fast food from a different place each week and we'll watch the game and eat. And for the last few years, it's been more about the food than it has the Giants because they've been terrible. But that's what football is. It's no matter how bad your team is, you only get those 17 games now. So even if they're terrible, you only get one a week. So you're going to watch anyway. And um, even if they're bad, you're going to enjoy it because football is really fun to watch. And I know for me specifically, it's the first sport that I was a fan of when I was literally born. I was born in May of 86, and that season, which ended in the 87 Super Bowl, the Giants won their first Super Bowl. So there's a story of, I don't know which game it was, I think it was the playoffs, where I was on my dad's lap or laying on his stomach or whatever, so I'm like not even a year old yet. And uh, he screamed. I think it was for a touchdown, something good. I think it was something that good that happened, but I'm not totally sure. But either way, he screamed at something that happened, and I started crying or whatever. Um, and I know that even though football might not technically be my ultimate favorite sport to watch, it's you know hockey, basketball, uh, hockey, baseball, and football are sort of like one A, one B, one C. They're all like very close to the top. Um, football was definitely the first one that I was a fan of. Been a Giants fan literally since day one. So the Giants always have a special place for me and watching all their um, highlights from past Super Bowls, the last two with Eli, I could watch those highlights a million times in a row. I could watch Eli throw it to Plaxico in the end zone like a thousand times in a row and I will cry every single time um, because it's just so memorable. And it's really about our yearly tradition. We've, geez, I want to say for the last like 10 years maybe, probably not that long. Maybe since, yeah, it's probably been about that long, we would get together and 
order fast food and watch the Giants. So it's that tradition where September rolls around. You know every single week you're going to get some good food and hopefully this year some good football because, like I said earlier, it has not been very good football. But that's why it's so great is because you keep coming back. Every single year at the beginning of the year, you always have hope. No matter how bad the Giants look like they're going to be on paper, you always have that hope that maybe things come together and they surprise everyone and they're incredibly good. Um, which they have not been in a while, but we finally have a good head coach. It'll be about the quarterback, but this that's, this isn't YWC football talk to talk about specifics, why I love football. That's basically why I love football, because it's an experience each game. You only get 17 of them, and it's really uh, about sharing the game with uh, my brother Alex and our, and our dad, and uh, just being passed down the heartache and the tradition of being a Giants fan because listen we've won two Super Bowls recently I mean somewhat recently since um, the last 20 years um, which is a lot more than other teams are but the Giants they they just they stab you in the heart continuously and you keep coming back because you love football and you love the team and I know everybody who listens to this podcast or who's been on it feels the same way about their team that I do um, and you just keep coming back because it's 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 fun. And don't even get me started on fantasy. Fantasy football has added a whole new element to uh, people's love of football. It will turn a meaningless Falcons-Panthers game that I personally would watch anyway because it's football, but it turns a meaningless game into utter importance if you have Christian McCaffrey or Calvin Ridley or whoever on each team. And uh, it's a whole new element of happiness and anger that you're already annoyed if your team sucked. And then if your fantasy team sucked or the opposite, if your fantasy team did well and your team won, that's great. Um, And that's one other thing. Uh, There's nothing better than watching your team play. But something that's very close is if your team plays in primetime, like if they played on Thursday or if they play Sunday night or on Monday – and you can just sit on your couch and watch Red Zone for the entire afternoon and follow along with your fantasy team. That's like, there's no better Sunday than Sunday with football. There's no better day off from work than you can have than just watching football. And Red Zone is like, whoever invented Red Zone, genius. It's so awesome. Uh, but that's the best day off I can imagine. I specifically request Sundays off. So I can watch the Giants and I can watch football. Last year it was a little rough. I missed maybe a quarter of the games. I missed quite a few games, which I hadn't done in years. But I specifically requested Sundays off for this. Um, So if I have to work every single Saturday for the rest of the season just to get Sundays off, that's fine by me because there's nothing better than having worked like Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you get Sunday off and you know there's just hours and hours of football what is it? Eight hours of commercial-free football on Red Zone. So, yeah, that's basically why I love football. It's just it's really enjoyable to watch. Um, I mean, sometimes it's enjoyable if you're watching the Giants. It hasn't been very enjoyable, but it's fun spending time with your family or your friends or whoever you watch with. And I think that's really what it's all about is sharing the love of football with your friends and family. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. I love football my entire life. I will always love football. 
Um, always love the Giants, no matter how bad they are. So to wrap things up, hopefully next time I come on this podcast, it will be to talk about the Giants winning the Super Bowl. Might be this year, might be 10 years from now, might be never, but that's the beauty of football. There's always hope. There's always hope that the Giants could win another Super Bowl. So uh, YWC Football Talk, congratulations on 100 episodes. Hopefully you got many, many more to come. I'm not going to say another 100. Hopefully it's way more than that. Um, but, yeah, you asked me to talk for 5 or 10 minutes. I think this is pretty good. I'm getting up to 8 right now. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Go Giants. What is up, my guy Griff? This is Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast, right here in Buffalo, New York. And you asked me to reach out to you and let you know why I love football. You know, football for me is just, it's, a, it's the ultimate team sport. There's just something about the connection, the science, uh, the excitement, the ebbs, the flows, the momentum swings, the fact that any given Sunday, you know, you're talking about, about a sport that literally it's about matchups even more so than superstars, where any given Sunday, a team that is inferior or perceived to be inferior on paper or in talent, literally with a proper scheme, a good scheme, a good system, a good coaching staff can defeat a better a better team talent-wise or on paper. And that's just something you don't see in a lot of other sports. Uh, I also love football because... It is the only sport you can ask professional athletes and just athletes that have been around. It's the only sport that every level that you go up. So when you're talking, you know, high school to college, college uh, to to the pros, it actually gets harder. When you when you think about baseball, you know, little league baseball to JV baseball to high school baseball, varsity baseball, which I played to college baseball to professional baseball. Baseball is pretty much baseball. The the difference is is the guys are just bigger. Uh, the and you know the guys are stronger. They bat better. They hit better. They throw better, and things of that nature. Uh, and the same thing is true for basketball. Whereas football, the science of football and what happens and what you have to know, comprehend, understand, be able to digest, read, react quickly, naturally. It's just it's just football is a different animal when you consider all the sports that we watch in this country. Uh, it's just a different. It's just a different mechanism, a different machine, and it's super intriguing. Uh, it, it's just. It's just incredible, and that's why I love it. And as far as the Bills go, I grew up a Buffalo Bills fan, so I grew up watching the Buffalo Bills on the couch when I was little with my grandfather, who was also a football coach, not a professional football coach. He he, he was a coach for little league football, uh, and uh, got taught the game of football by my grandfather. And I just I the the Buffalo Bills part of me being from Western New York. Uh, go! It was ingrained in me. My whole entire family are Bills fans, uh, and yeah, it's it, it's my connection to this city. It's it's my connection to my family. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia, as we all know, are pretty much one. They walk, eat, breathe, sleep, and pretty much do everything in the same step. So, man, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, just chat to your listeners, uh, and I uh, loved the opportunity of being on your show. So, man, I hope things are well. I would say uh, go Patriots, but you know I can't do that. So we'll just end this with saying go Bills. Mr. Griff, just wanted to drop in, um, give you a congratulations on your 100th episode of YWC Football Talk. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come on. Can't wait to come back on. You know, the football season starting in less than a month now, which is insane. And we're going to be back in the stands, which is, you know, something I can't wait for. Uh, I will be in MetLife today watching my New York Jets. Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, all the new, new young pups take the field for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. 
But the question of the day that you asked me is, why do I love football? And, you know, this is really coming from the heart because I'm a Jet fan, so I haven't seen a lot of winning football lately, you know, in, in 10 years. So I truly do love the game. But, you know, I, I just grew up with it. Um, you know, it, it's just tradition. You know, it's, it's, it's something to, to, to take, your, take your Sundays away from the real world and just sit back and watch TV, watch the game, you know, play fantasy, bet, all that good stuff. And then just, you know, the, the, the violence and the aggression and, and just the scheme and the, and the com- complexity and the game plans. So, you know, it's definitely the best sport in the world. I, lo- I love all sports, but, you know, football has always held a special place in my heart. And, um, yeah, so congratulations again, 100th episode, and let's go, man. Let's get the season started already. I'm ready to talk. Peace. What's up, everyone? This is Trust Fund Benefactor Jared Silberthwaite here to talk about why I love the sport of football so much and why the New York Giants are my favorite team. Football initially was complicated when I first discovered it. I remember watching the first game I ever watched front to back was the Patriots Panthers Super Bowl 38. And I just remember being swept up in the excitement of that fourth quarter and the sense of urgency and the high stakes of that game and how back and forth it was. Uh, Despite the fact that I had to ask my dad a ton of questions, um, I immediately fell in love with the physicality, the fact that the game uh, really felt like two teams going to war. Um, And then as I started to really get into the sport, following it on a weekly basis, understanding just how much every single game mattered. You know, I think football is special because compared to a lot of other sports, um, if you... You know, you win or you lose a certain amount of games in September or October by that halfway mark, that could make or break your season. And it really makes every single game can't miss. And I just, I love the physicality. Um, I love the fact that, um, you know, it takes so much effort in football to drive the length of that field and put that ball in the end zone. And it really feels like you've reached the mountaintop when you do it. Um, and what is necessary to either make a play happen or stop a play from happening. Um, it, is ju- it just requires so much in, uh, in terms of athleticism, in terms of strength, in terms of toughness. And I think that toughness is probably what stuck out to me most about the game, particularly when you're talking about my New York Giants, because, um, I mean, I will talk about the 2007 to 2008 New York Giants until I'm blue in the face, no pun intended, because that season was so storybook to me in so many ways. I don't think I will ever love another another team that is a specific group of players from a certain year of a certain sports team as much as I love the 2007 to 2008 New York Giants because of the expectations that came into that season for them after Tiki Barber had retired, after Tom Coughlin was coming under so much scrutiny, after Eli Manning was coming under scrutiny, the defense so many pieces in a large market team that hadn't won a championship in almost 20 years. And then they become the road warriors. They become that team that had to win games in the most difficult manner possible with the most physical defense in the game. And they made toughness their identity and they went to war for each other. And that postseason, that postseason was so storybook in so many ways After beating Tampa Bay in the first round, they go to Dallas, who they had already lost to twice that season. 
and they upset them as the number one seed, 13-3. and three. They go in there. They shock the world. Then they go into Green Bay in what is to date one of my favorite NFL games of all time, maybe my number one favorite NFL game of all time, because that to me was everything that football is you know, at its very best. Not just a tight game that goes down to the wire and into overtime, but in sub-zero conditions. The fact that football is an all-weather sport and you have to brave the elements along with the opposition. You know, this game encapsulated everything I love from the the highs and the lows, the jumping out of your chair with, with unbelievable excitement to the the heartbreak at times with the missed field goals and Eli just playing the game of his life despite the fact that this ball is like a brick because it's so freaking cold outside and Tom Coughlin, it looks like his face is about to break off. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, Michael Strahan said he looked like a cherry. His face was so red. And then when Times finally nails that field goal at the last minute, we go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember my stepbrother and I, we, we had just gotten into Florida that night. We were, um, it was a family vacation and in the hotel room at um, however, whatever time it was, just jumping up and hugging each other. And then the Super Bowl two weeks later, enough has been said about that game. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's one of the greatest upsets in the history of sports. And I think that I was the perfect age to experience it being 14 at the time. So, I mean, that, that Super Bowl... Um, so much has been said already, but to actually see them go in there and upset the greatest team, possibly the most talented team in the history of the game, um, turn 18 and 0 into 18 and 1. I mean, you could not script it any better. I was just so proud to be a fan of that team. I was so proud of what they accomplished. And then the older I've gotten watching documentaries on that season and everything that they went through and how they prepared each other and Tom Coughlin is the spitting he, he's the spitting image of everything a coach and not just a coach a leader a leader of a group a leader of men should be a motivator and just I can't say enough good things about that guy and what he accomplished with that group in 07 and again in, in 2011 but I want to, want to talk specifically about the 07 team um I just have so much I have so much excitement and admiration that it just whenever I think about that team it fills me with nothing but positive energy and I I like I said I will never be I mean I want to say never but that Super Bowl championship is forever going to be one of the happiest moments of my life just because of how how stringently how passionately I followed that team that season. And I felt like I was with them every step of the way that when they accomplished something, it was really something to celebrate and something to bring the community of that fan base together and that city and everything they did. It's going to live forever. It's one of the greatest championship stories in the history of sports. And I'm so freaking stoked that I got to experience it as a fan when I did, I think I was, like, like I said, the perfect age for it. And I'm always going to cherish those memories for the rest of my life. And I, you know, and I still pray that one day, you know, they're able to reach that mountaintop once again and reinstill everything that I love about this franchise, about this sport, because that right there is, that's what football's all about, in my opinion, just 
the toughness, the going to war for each other, and just fighting your heart out until the last second uh, for the ultimate chance of glory. So sounds cliche, but that's why I love the um, the sport of football. That's why I love my team. And yeah, that is trust fund approved. What's up, podcast world? It's your boy Nightmare Ten once again, and it's the YWC Football Talk 100 episode. What an accomplishment! First of all, I just want to thank Griff for allowing me to be a part of it. All these episodes, especially this special episode of the hundredth episode, I appreciate uh, him reaching out to, for me to be a part of it. I've loved being on the show; it's been a great time. Uh, Griff, you've done an amazing job uh, with this podcast, and I can't wait to see how mo- the next hundred episodes are going to go. Um, but he just kind of wanted me to talk about how why I love football and why I love the Patriots. Um, football has just always been that sport for me. I mean, it's always been the, my favorite sport. It's always no other sport has really ever caught my eye like football has I've tried you know to get into baseball I've tried to get into basketball I've tried to get into other sports and I still love those sports to a certain degree but it just no no other sport does it like college football like pro football like even high, on the high school level football just has always been uh this st- my favorite sport you know so um and, and when it comes to to uh the game itself it's just you know what what makes it something that I love and something I love to watch you know every year and look forward to every year. Still think about it in, in the off season, unlike other sports. Uh, for me, um, it's just you know it's just the excitement of it. You know, it's just there's always that there's always moments that you can talk, that you can uh, point to uh, that you that you remember. I mean, I you know obviously as a Patriots fan, I remember you know all the big games that we've had. You know, the Super Bowls with with Brady and and uh, and Belichick, and, and just it just it, I wish I could describe it in a better way, but it's just you know sitting in those moments and even the losses, I mean, you, those weigh on you. I mean, even as a fan, um, you know, looking back, I'll never forget, you know, the, the David Tyree catch. Um, that's something that's always going to be in my head. I'll always replay it. Um, and I think, you know, that's just something that fans do. And then also, of course, you know, you know, stop stuffing the, uh, the Seahawks, you know, to, to win our first Super Bowl in 10 years, uh, winning Super Bowl number four was, was very special. Um, and then obviously, you know, it just seems like, you know, when you watch these games, uh, with people, you know, it just, it's just always a game that you can kind of go back and forth with people. And it's just, it's just always energetic. Um, you know, I'm not saying that some football games can't be boring. They definitely can be, but you know, as a Patriot fan, I always find a way to enjoy the game. Uh, you know, obviously losses suck as I mentioned before, but, um, but yeah, like I just, football has just always been there. Uh, I wish I could, you know, describe it better, but football has just always been that sport for me. Um, you know, seeing my team score a touchdown, seeing my team, you know, I've seen a lot of winning drives. I'm not trying to be cocky by saying that, but seeing my team uh, drive down the field and win, win games that, you know, either they should have won or they may have never had a chance to win, but they won. So I love that. I loved, I always loved watching the Patriots because for a while they, I know that sounds crazy, but they were the underdog. Uh, they were the, you know, the team that wasn't there yet. And, um, you know, to be able to watch them. And then, you know, I got lucky, you know, with Brady. Uh, he came around about the third year, I believe, I started watching the Patriots. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it's just, it's just, I can't, I, I obviously, as soon as Brady came on, I, I, I was hooked. I'm, I was definitely never leaving the Patriots. And, and, and uh, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I've always argued that against people, you know, because they always assume because I'm from South Carolina that I'm a bandwagon fan. I just happened to find it was actually a classmate of mine that was um, a Patriots fan and had a Drew Bledsoe jersey, and I didn't have a team at the time. 
Um, and so I just kind of was like, he's like, you should check out the Patriots. And they were like, I think the the season he was, he particularly, uh, that's that I met him or whatever. He was, they were like nine and seven, if not even worse than that. I'm not sure. Um, but like I said, I watched like a season and a half or either two seasons and then they Brady, Brady happened and I never looked back and, uh, I'll never look back now that even with Brady not being there. So it's been a long time without Brady, um, or with Brady being on the Patriots. I've always, he's pretty much always been my quarterback outside of blue drew blood. So, uh, those few years. So anyways, I'm rambling about my Patriots, but this is what I do. You guys are used to the, to hearing this, but, uh, I'm a huge Patriots fan, man. I, the team, I, like I said, I've said this about football, but no other team can reach this level with me. Um, you know, when people talked about with Brady leaving, you know, are you gonna are you gonna follow him? I was like, yeah, I'm always gonna root for him. I'm not gonna follow him. I'm Patriots. I've got so much Patriots stuff. I've got I've rooted for the Patriots for so long. I could never not root for the Patriots. It's just that you know, and if it means ten rough years, then it's ten rough years. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, we were always kind of in the in the hunt, but I went ten. I, I watched ten years where we didn't win a Super Bowl. Obviously, two of those years we we did uh make the Super Bowl, but um, it's not you know, it's just. I, and I've always always told myself not to take grant not not take not to take for granted the fact that sometimes you know you're you're going to be in a losing in losing drought. Sometimes you're going to be in a winning drought. And uh, we won. I was able to you know see my team win six Super Bowls and go to and go to nine. So that's that's pretty huge. Um, and uh, I'll always remember that. If I never get another Super Bowl, I'll always have those stories. I'll always have the stories of watching you know the Patriots come back against Atlanta, which you know I've easily my favorite Super Bowl story in a sense of how it went down and how I'm able to talk about that and the fact that you know even now I'm shocked to, to still think about the fact that we came back and were able to pull that off so anyways but I could ramble all day about the Patriots I just kind of wanted to you know explain myself and you know say how I love football and explain how I love the Patriots it's just I've you know and when and when it comes to Brady Brady will be my favorite player of all time ever he's it's never going to change um I root for him I'm glad I'm glad he's succeeding and I was not shocked at all when he won his seventh Super Bowl with the Bucks. um I think we're clearly weren't there yet uh we have clearly dropped off a little bit so I think we'll this season we're gonna you know try to regroup and 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 get back up there like last season was the first losing season I've seen uh in a, in a long time uh and and fans are I'm sure we're glad to fans haters I guess I should say of the Patriots were glad to see you know the Patriots finally you know come down to earth a little bit but I I, I don't think it's gonna last long and that could be my optimism but I think I think uh, Belichick's gonna really work hard to get this team back where it's at I think a full off season, you know no COVID restrictions as far as like you know losing players and and things like that and I think Dante Hightower I've said this on the podcast I don't know how many times but he's gonna be a huge factor coming back uh, and it looks like we're going to have Gilmore unless something changes uh, as I'm recording this. But um, so we, the defense is going to be better. And I think the offense, you know, we got some weapons with Hunter Henry and Jan, uh, Janu Smith. So John New Smith, if I pronounce that right. Um, so it's going to be nice. I, I, I think, you know, some receivers as well. And uh, no Edelman is going to be rough this this season. But, you know, he, his time was coming up, unfortunately. And, and I had seen that one on the wall. Um, so anyways, that's just some quick thoughts on what the season's going to have. We're going to be talking about this, I'm sure to, uh, to high levels, uh, and multiple times, uh, before the season starts. So I can't wait to talk more about what the, what I expect the Patriots to do this season. And, uh, but like, yeah, yeah, I love football. I'll always love football. I could sit here and talk and ramble as you guys can tell by listening to this. Um, I could, I could do it forever. So I enjoyed talking once again, congratulations, Griff on an amazing podcast, man. 
Uh, despite anybody that says otherwise, you've done a great job, and I, I honestly am honored to be a part of it. So thank you guys uh, for listening to this, and uh, keep, wa- keep listening and keep watching uh, when we do our live streams. Hey, this is Alex Larson. Hope everyone's been enjoying Griffin's podcast. Happy 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. So why do I love football? That's a question I get asked more than you would think. But man, I love this game so much. This is a game that beats baseball, beats basketball, beats soccer. I mean, it beats every sport. It's my number one. Um, Not just because the Seattle Seahawks and my alum, University of Washington, not just because they're fun teams to watch. They've been, you know, my life since day one. I mean, that's obviously any team can be a fun team to watch, but they're my hometown boys, you know, and gosh, you know, I've been up, I've been up and down with them over the years. They've given me struggles. They've given me heartbreaks. They've given me, you know, a Super Bowl. But uh, gosh, they're just, you know, they're my hometown guys. But for the game of football itself, I, you know, I can talk about why I love my teams. It's just, there's so much you can do. You got fantasy football. You know, if you're a big college fan like I am, you have all the college teams. And then you got recruiting on top of that. And then you have the NFL draft along with that. So if you're watching enough college ball, you see all these kids that are coming up to the NFL and you're just like, hey, I remember watching that guy in college. So, I mean, the college aspect is a big portion of why I love football. And not just that, too, fantasy football. I've only been doing fantasy legitimately for, gosh, maybe four years now. But it just adds another value to the game. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do the same with fantasy baseball. But fantasy football, it just it, it's quicker, it's faster. And I think overall, too, that's just the reason why football's the best. I think baseball takes too long. I'm not saying I don't like it. I think basketball, I mean, I'm a little biased. I want my Sonics to return, but... Yeah, I just, I love me some football, foosball, whatever you want to call it. Apologies for the wind here, folks. Hopefully this makes it okay. There's my two minutes, Griff. For me, my love of football starts at the collegiate level from a fan perspective. I would say overall, despite some of the large fan bases, that tends to be more of a unique approach in comparison to the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I love the NFL, too. Being a Detroit Lions fan tests that arguably unlike any other franchise can. However, I remain loyal. They are my team. I win and mostly lose with them every fall. To help get me past that, I thoroughly enjoy rooting for individual success of players who attended the University of Michigan. Ann Arbor is a special place to me. Home of the biggest football stadium in the world. The pageantry is unparalleled, from the tailgating to the traditions to the greatest fight song. It all embodies the winningest program of all time. It's no secret that I am a Tom Brady fan. What many people don't know is I've probably been on his bandwagon, for lack of a better term, before most. I can recall his battles with incoming five-star local phenom Drew Henson. His trials and tribulations at Michigan only few know, and it's a story that transcends football and becomes life lessons. His drive, his passion, his failure until success is something that average individual individuals can resonate with. Sports, but specifically football in general, correlates with many life lessons. It teaches you how to win, how to lose, and everything in between. Football is a grind as is life for 99.9% of us. You can learn to love the grind. You can learn to adapt to constant changes. 
As a former player at the high school level to a fan of the highest level and everything in between, football has taught me a lot. Football also runs rich in my family. Many traditions center around football and brings back so many memories filled with unparalleled nostalgia. I always get amped up for football, though I would have to admit this year that is slightly turned up to a level that I didn't know was possible. Being a full season removed from being able to attend in person, I cannot wait to feel that energy of walking into a packed stadium on a crisp fall Saturday or Sunday, cheering on my favorite teams and players. I will never take that for granted again. I am ready for some football. When I think of football, I think of success, motivation, happiness, and the New England Patriots. I've been a Patriots fan for as long as I can remember growing up. I mean, I just, I remember sitting at my cousin's house with them as a little girl watching Tom Brady and the Patriots play. And I really fell in love with the game. And I also grew up really close to the UConn campus, about 10, 15 minutes. So I would grow up going to UConn football games with my grandfather and my dad too. So just a big football family. But I think when you watch something as special as the Patriots dynasty for 20 plus years, you realize how lucky you are to be a football fan. And that dynasty is something I assume I'll never be able to see again from a a sports team that I love. And so I think when you think of Tom Brady, if you're a Patriots fan, that's who made you fall in love with the game. I mean, there were special years before that with Drew Bledsoe being the quarterback, but nothing that's as special as this. And I think growing up into the Tom Brady success era really makes you think of the game of football in a really, really happy and really fun way. And Bill Belichick, the way that he was able to put that team together and keep everybody motivated, I think is really important. And if you ask other players across the league that have played with Tom, they will say that he's elevated them and helped them be better at the game. And that's something that's so special. And you can just tell when they're on the field how much they respected Tom. And the last couple of years after Brady left and the Patriots struggled, you know, I think this past season was a challenge because it was the first season without Brady. But they stuck it out and they worked hard and they finished the season with a winning record. And so I'm optimistic about this season and what's to come. But some of my favorite memories growing up involve watching and going to Patriots games. I mean, that was just, I'm a huge sports all around person, but the Patriots are really the reason for that. And just being inspired by all the hard work that they do and the winning culture and just being able to just take home trophies and championships. I remember the most recent Patriots Super Bowl when they beat the Rams. Little did we know that Brady wasn't going to be there a few years after that. But just I remember him holding up that trophy and his family being there and just how proud everybody was of him. And just the fact that he's over 40 years old and he's still doing this and he just won another Super Bowl, even though it wasn't with the Patriots, I still couldn't help but be proud of him because that was my quarterback for 20 plus years. That helped me fall in love with the game of football and really, really developed a special kind of culture there and lifted up other players. And I think Belichick as a coach was part of that too because he's a fantastic coach who's very very knowledgeable about the game and when he sets up his plays he just is very very aware of 
opposing teams. And I think we've seen ups and downs with this team, most recently being last season with the pandemic and with the changes in the roster without Gronkowski and Brady, who are really, you know, kind of the face of the franchise as we know it now. And there's just something really special about just watching that type of run and just football in general as a sport is just so unique and fun to watch and it's fast paced and it's exciting and it's intense and there's nothing like playoff football when it's one game and you could be eliminated I mean you have to play pretty much perfect football all season long and then into the postseason you have to play perfect football in one game to advance to the next round I mean it's it's crazy but it's super fun And it's the memories I would never take away and I'll never stop being a Patriots fan and I'll root for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay for as long as he's there, but the Patriots will always come first. And so I look forward to him coming back to Gillette Stadium this season. I think it's going to be crazy and electric and it's going to be interesting to see who fans decide to root for. But football, thank you so much for being in my life. I mean, you're amazing, you're fun, you're exciting, and there's so many things to be said about just football, and it's fun to even watch other football games even when the Patriots aren't playing, and even college football, UConn helped me develop a big interest in college football, so I've been watching that for years too, and and watching all those kids succeed, so I love football as a sport. I think there's just so much to be said for it, and It'll never be not a part a part of my life because it's grown to be such a big one already. Thank you, and this is Gabby Hurlbut, the host of the Boston Balling Podcast. Hey guys, this is Matthew. Just want to give a big shout out to Griffin the Gang for episode 100 of the podcast. Absolutely love it. Great big fan of football here. Nothing better than football Sundays. Can't wait for the season with the extra game. Okay, folks, we've finally reached the end, and before I get to my story. I just want to thank every single individual who has come on to this 100th episode of YWC Football Talk and contributed to their love of the game and why they love the game. Um, I look forward to having every single one of those people you heard talk back on in the near future. Um, I've got some exciting stuff planned for the fall, but we'll get more into that later. Now for the real reason why you're here. Why do I love football? I'm not going to tell you a distinct story. It's just the first time I remember having like it's not my memory, but it's my parents because I was like, I think seven or eight at the time. And I remember we were in Disney and it was 2002, 2001, the 2001 season. I don't remember which game it was. It was either the Raiders tuck rule game or it was the AFC championship game, which I believe was against the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Colts. Um, but the, in the, we were basically in Disney and then on the bus ride to the resort, they had like, oh, the showing of like, hey, you know the resorts, but I guess there's some people from Boston on the bus, and they're like, we want to watch the game. And my parents said that something about it just gravitated towards it, and there's just this random seven-year-old kid cheering on the New England Patriots, not having any idea. I actually just realized I was eight years old in that moment, just cheering on the Patriots, just getting into it. And then ever since then, I remember loving it, and then I remember them winning. I don't remember the Super Bowl thirty-six that well, but I remember Super Bowl thirty-eight and thirty-nine. I remember getting a Tom Brady jersey when I was 10 years old. I, I think I still have it somewhere. It's just the Patriots logo is just like, it's completely peeled off. It's one of the old Reebok jerseys. And then just keep cheering on the team. And then you know what? They obviously had the ups and downs. And then 2007 came along. And it was a magical season that ended in complete heartbreak. 
in a play that I will always say that lives rent-free in my head till the day I die, and that's a David Tyree helmet catch. I know some people say, oh, what about the Plaxico Cobras one? No, it's a David Tyree helmet catch because that is one of the most iconic plays in the history of the NFL. And then you had the drought, and then you had so many chances we were close. There was a second sniff with the Giants, and then we just got fell short, and then there was the two AFC Championship losses, the one of the Ravens, the one of the Broncos. But even going back to that, I just want to talk about the 2011 AFC Championship because that one sticks out in my mind. I remember... Sit, I was in my living room, I was standing, I was a nervous wreck, and then Billy Cundiff missed a field goal, and I just lost, and I went ballistic. And then even fast forward to 2015, I remember the Super Bowl, the Malcolm Butler interception, I completely blacked out when it happened, because it took me a few seconds to realize, and then uh, I had my cousin, I had Matt, who we've heard, Matt Fonseca, who we've heard on here before, um, talk about we just basically jumped in each other's arms. We started celebrating. We we're freaking out. Even to have brought it up before, how. But I can talk about playoff games all day because obviously I'm a, I'm a very fortunate Patriots fan to have experienced many of them. Unlike a lot of other fan bases, I know I do not take it for granted. But the, even the other thing too, I wanted to go into quickly and elaborate on is how this game, a regular season game, can make you sweat unlike any other. Can make you stress. Can bring out every single. Good and negative emotion. Let's let's change that. Let's say positive and negative emotion. This is a game that I look forward to. This is a game that you can pull me off the side of the street corner and talk to me. And I will gladly talk to you 24-7, 365 about the NFL. Like right now, it is currently August the 11th. And actually, it's August 10th, excuse me. It'll be August 11th in about an hour. And like right now it's like hockey and basketball is kind of like starting a quiet downtime and I'm like okay you know what I'll take a break from them and I'll come back to them in September when their training camp and stuff starts to heat up not football football is the one reason why I have this podcast football is the one reason why I look forward to Sundays football is the one reason why I'm very thankful that my girlfriend uh knows that hey I am not available between September and February on Sundays because why because I love this game and even to the friendships I've made through it like I played only a couple of years. I played uh just like JV, and then I played a year of high school where I didn't play much. But you know what? Football is the one sport where you could have played, you couldn't have played. It doesn't make a difference in the world. What matters is is the love of the game, and that's why I'm here. I love this game. I love stressing on Sundays. I love playing fantasy and checking my rosters at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning for the following week, making sure it's all right. Because that's the other thing, too, with fantasy football, unlike other sports like baseball or hockey. Fantasy hockey, I just set my lineup, and I'm good to go unless an injury comes up. Fantasy football, I am constantly tinkering with it. Like, I am just all, like, I'm a nervous wreck with fantasy football, but I love it. Uh, the betting aspect, that that's becoming more of a relevant thing. I'm going to be more into that. Um, having the podcast, something to look forward to, come on and talk to, and I reach out to people, and they're like, yeah, absolutely, let's go, let's talk. Like, you heard Danny say, like, yo, let's get the season going, because we are literally less than a month. We are twenty. We are 30 days exactly, 28 days will be this coming Wednesday, coming Thursday, excuse me, I'm all over the place, until the season starts. We are that close. Like, it's just, it, oh, it just, it, it's a rush unlike any other. For three hours, it's, it's everything, like I said, all the emotions before. It's raw theater in its finest form. Gladiators crashing into each other where every play is like a car crash. The excitement, the fact that we cheer for these guys and they're acting like complete barbarians on the field is just makes me appreciate them much more and what they put their body through and what the mental aspects of the game is and how they had to handle last year with COVID and everything. Hopefully this year is better. 
you know what? I, I don't want to go on for too long, but that's all I got to say is that I love this game and I'm going to love this game forever and it will forever hold a special place in my heart. And yes, the reason why I love this game is because of number 12 and I know he's in Tampa, but Tom Brady will always hold a special place in my heart because I would not be here today if that eight-year-old kid, I know I almost said seven, and if that eight-year-old kid didn't experience football. I don't know where my fandom is. Hell, who knows if I'm even a New England Patriots fan. But anyway, guys, that is going to do it for episode 100. I am done rambling. Here's to the next 100. I am so proud of myself because you know what? Doing something like this is not easy. There's times where you don't want a podcast, but you know what? You got to. You got to stick it out. But with the season coming right around the corner, the hot takes will be flying. The energy will be there. The guests are lining up. We just got to figure out times and dates. But you know what? Football is almost here, and I thank every single one of you for tuning into a live stream, for watching this on YouTube, for listening. I've over, I I know I'm not a popular podcast with hundreds of thousands of listeners. I'm in the thousands for total listeners for all the episodes. But you know what? I always say this: if I can have one person listen to one episode, I know I have done something right. So thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for the first 100. And here's to the next 100 episodes of YWC Football Talk. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.